Tea Pop, Season 5, Episode 6. Hello and welcome to Tea Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about mindfulness for teachers is Justin Rickey. Justin is a former high school English teacher, corporate trainer and manager, and is now a certified yoga instructor who has created the Strength, Yoga and Freedom community focusing on empowering others to bring more happiness into their lives by practicing yoga on and off the mat. Justin, thank you so much for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you, Laura. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me on. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what mindfulness is, how it can benefit educators, as well as share examples of what it can look like in practice. We'll walk through a few example practices that you can try for yourself. If you're looking for inspiration for mindful practices that you can use in your classroom with your students, then I encourage you to go back to season four, episode one, student well-being and support. So Justin, mindfulness is a term that I'm seeing a lot more lately. Could you start off by telling us more about what it is? I like to define mindfulness as experiencing what is around you by activating all of your senses. It is more than just meditation. It is actually deactivating your subconscious brain and activating your conscious brain so that you can break through all those habit loops that your subconscious brain creates. And then it brings you into the present moment without getting stuck in those kind of emotional hurdles back in that subconscious brain. When you say subconscious habits, could you give a few examples of what those could look like? Yeah, so a subconscious habit is anything that you're doing without thinking. Dressed in the morning or you're driving your car. Those are subconscious habits that we kind of need on a day-to-day basis because if we don't have our subconscious mind, then our brain kind of would get overloaded by thinking, thinking, thinking. But it goes even deeper than just, you know, putting your clothes on or driving a car. It goes into the subconscious loops where you're going into emotional habit loops. And what I mean by emotional habit loops may be limiting beliefs, things that may not serve you. Maybe you procrastinate. Uh, Maybe you're uh, worrying a lot. What mindfulness does is it activates all of your senses and takes all of the subconscious activity and pushes it aside and it activates your conscious brain the part of your brain that is so important for you know your strategic thinking your creativity and it's the part of your brain that taps into kind of the center of you into you know whatever you'd want to call that your soul your being so that's the difference between those subconscious loops and the conscious brain which is where your mindfulness comes from Thinking about the listeners of the show, they're educators. So how do you think mindfulness and making time for mindful practices can particularly help the people who are listening to the show? You know, teachers are pulled in so many directions. You have to strategize, you're executing lessons, making lesson plans, you're staying in control of groups, battling high emotional energies from students, from parents, from colleagues and even yourself as an educator. And so the practice of mindfulness creates a new habit in your brain, which can help an educator or a teacher to react less emotionally 
and create kind of a pause, which I refer to as good hesitation. So in the good hesitation in your brain, it helps keep your body from experiencing those repeated bouts of anxiety in you know, teaching and education, which is a very challenging line of work. And teaching, you often find yourself in that situation like you need to control a certain outcome to kind of keep the peace or settle things down. But controlling your outcome comes from what I like to call negative hesitation, which is when your subconscious brain might talk you out of doing something based upon you know how you thought about your past or what you think is coming, which includes those things I mentioned before, fear and worrying, procrastination. Because the less power we give to our subconscious mind and the more power we give to that conscious mind or being mindful, the happier and more fulfilled we become. I love what you're describing here is like kind of these good hesitations, which help bring you back into the here and now to make more logical decisions, both for yourself and for the people you're working with and students, like you mentioned. While you were talking, Justin, I just quickly Googled how many decisions do teachers have to make a day. And the quick Google search that came up was um, on average 1,500 decisions a day for teachers that averages out at four decisions every minute. I believe that 1,000%. And if you're making decisions, all those decisions based on how you feel versus what you know, then when you make the decisions based on how you feel, you're trying to control the outcome instead of operating within you that will help move your career, your student's path, your colleague's path forward. So with that, Justin, I think now is a good time for us to move on to some of the practices that we can share with listeners today. I know you've prepared a few. Um, what sort of mindful practices can people try to start integrating this into their day-to-day? The first practice I have is a starting ritual. And so this will help you to pause. Your emotions start to rise and you feel like you want to make a decision based on the emotions that you're feeling. What the starting ritual does is push you to move yourself into your conscious brain, which is mindfulness. So those starting rituals are routines, essentially, that you're creating. So journaling is a great one that locks you into a mindset. You're assessing your mind. Listening to music is fantastic. You hear of people listening to music all the time before they want to do a workout. Um, And I love... um, the five-second rule, which was developed by uh, social media influencer and coach Mel Robbins, where she teaches you to count backwards. She says when you're to hesitate, you count five, four, three, two, one backwards because it forces your brain to jump into the conscious brain and make the decision. You just kind of do it. When you get to the number one, it's like blast off and you go. And then, of course, you can meditate. Meditation is not just allowing yourself to not feel or think anything. There's a misconception about meditation out there where people think that when you meditate, you have to be completely still and you you block everything out. Well, that's not what meditation is. Meditation is actually observing, awakening your senses. When you're in a guided meditation, it might be someone else you know, guiding you through maybe up and down your body and aligning your chakras up, or maybe you're picturing yourself somewhere. Guided meditations are phenomenal ways 
to have a mindful practice. And then, of course, writing, journaling, those are all, those can be meditative as well. And the final tool I have, of course, is physical movement. Of course, exercising, stretching, even just going for a walk for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I mean, I think we can all afford 10 minutes. We're on social media, right? So maybe going for a walk for 10 minutes and release great endorphins in your brain that kind of pulls all of that emotional stress out and brings you back into the present moment, that mindfulness again, and that awakening of the senses. As a parting gift for listeners, what would be your top tip for teachers listening who may be new to mindful practices and are thinking about getting started? Well, the top tip that I have for mindful practices is really dismissing the limiting beliefs about how you may be practicing mindfulness because there is no right or wrong way to practice mindfulness. Oftentimes people get into this, oh, I'm not doing it right. And that's not it. There's no right or wrong way. And you may need to try different things or different techniques until you find one that works best for you. And truly that's practicing mindfulness is figuring out what works best for you. Because when you create routines that include mindfulness, like the ones I described earlier, the meditations, the movement, you know, going for your walk, it takes practice. It's a constant process. It evolves and it changes. So it's of the utmost importance to think less about doing it right and more about just doing something. Exactly. Just getting started. Yes. Justin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these really practical ideas to help people be more mindful. It has been my pleasure to be here. I love your podcast. I love the information that is being shared with the education community out there and educators, because I believe that it's so important to have good community support and your podcast does that. So I'm honored to be here. To dive deeper into all topics related to living a happier, more fulfilling life, check out the Strength Yoga Freedom podcast by Justin Rickey, which is available on all podcast platforms, as well as the Strength Yoga Freedom YouTube channel, where you can also dive into a gentle, all-powerful practice of yoga, which will transform your life. Justin's Instagram page is also a great place to catch regular inspiration, laugh and connect. So go and check that out. That's at Justin Ricky Yoga. And of course, as always, I will hyperlink his name on the website so you can find that easily. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, or you have a topic like Justin did today to pitch for the podcast, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook, or the website, tsopop.com. Finally, you can support the work we do at tsopop by leaving a rating and a review wherever you listen to the podcast. You can try sharing tsopop content with your teaching community, or even by sponsoring our coffee break at ko forward slash tsopop.